And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Canes Midwest middle infielder and 2024 Michigan baseball commit Tyler Inge on the JKR Podcast for the Canes Midwest Baseball Series presented by Bayou City Baseball Company. Tyler, pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Hey, doing good, man. You know, first off, thanks for coming on the show. I know you guys got a busy summer, you know, a busy summer win, and it's looking like what we talked about before we started recording that 20 that. Uh, 2024-17 U team, you guys are, you know, looking like you guys are dominating this summer. But um, first question before we dig into that, before we dig into high school ball, your commitment to Michigan, all that different types of stuff. Got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Tyler Inge? Um, well, my name is Tyler Inge. Um, I'm committed to play baseball at the University of Michigan. Um. My dad played in the MLB, so I came up from that, learning from him, uh, going to all the games, and um, yeah, my life pretty much just revolves around baseball. So okay, okay. Um, yeah. So you know, generally, I like to you know dig into travel baseball to get it started, but like you said, dad played in the major league, so I'm sure that you know had the means for a pretty unique childhood. Um, so kind of take yeah. us through that. Dad played 13 years in the majors. What was that looking like for you in terms of, you know, maybe going to Comerica Park every day or, you know, kind of take us through that? Yeah. So, I mean, I would wake up, he'd wake me up every morning and he asked me if I wanted to go. And of course I'd always say yes. So I'd go to the baseball field with him every day. We'd go in the uh, locker room, hang out with all the guys. And it was awesome because I got to learn from, or just being in the, in the clubhouse, you know, I got to listen to all the guys talk about baseball and just, I just got to like retain all that information so that was awesome, and it just kind of shaped me how, like how I am today. And remember, we would he would take me on the field while other people were taking batting practice, and I could just watch them and just see how they were hitting baseballs and stuff like that, and taking ground balls. And um, I remember he would take me in the outfield, and he he'd throw to me, and I'd hit balls um, up into the stands, like over the bullpen and stuff. So uh, that was awesome, and it's it's just a really cool experience just to learn from all those guys and you know have that experience. So, be able to get to go and see the clubhouse and all that stuff. So, yeah. sure. So, were you going through those couple of those? I think it was what twelve years with the Tigers, or like a year and a half with the Pirates. And I, I was looking at it earlier. I, I know it's Pirates A's and the majority with the Tigers. 
Uh, were you able to build, you know, pretty yeah. good like relationships with, you know, other major league ball players that were, you know, friends with your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Miguel Cabrera was one that he, he I would always go in. He, every single day he'd sign my forehead with permanent uh, black Sharpie. My mom would be so mad because it just would not come off. So him, um, McCutcheon, I was pretty close with. I remember he would always talk to me a lot. Uh, let's see. Verlander. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of other guys, but, you know, I can't remember everybody. So, yeah, I'm sure. So what those are did... the three. Like, Yeah. I mean, I'm three pretty good names there, too. I mm -hmm. mean, all three of those guys will be, you know, and probably Cooperstown here in the next six, seven years or so. Um, mm -hmm. but obviously, oh, yeah, sure. you know, when you're looking at, I was actually just watching this uh, documentary about Patrick Mahomes. You're seeing all those pictures of him when his dad was in the major leagues, you know, being out on the field, all that different types of stuff, you know, just, I bet there's just a tons of memories when it comes to that. You kind of mentioned a few of them there, but you know, when you look back at it, all those different times, what are maybe just some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of, you know, going to Comerica park, going to PNC park in Pittsburgh, uh, just what are some of those things that really stand out to you? Um, I mean, I like I said earlier, the, only, the one thing that really stands out to me was when my dad, would, he would take me on the field and just throw BP to me out in center field, and I just hit him up into the stands, and it just, I don't know, everything, like, doing all that stuff just built it, like, just built my passion for baseball, and it just, you know, stuck with me till now, so. Yeah, so now that you are a little bit older, looking back on it, now you're starting to realize, okay, you know, that was a really you know, unique childhood and, you know, having your dad being a major league ball player. I was actually in North Carolina the other day and I saw a guy wearing a Brandon Inge, I think number 15 Jersey. I was like, shoot, you know, really? I, I actually just reached out to that guy's son. So for you, you know, maybe walking around Detroit, seeing an Inge Jersey, you know, what type of uh, pride does that give you seeing your last name and people still repping your dad? Oh, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Um, it's not as, it's not as common anymore though. I'll be honest. I haven't seen it in a long time. So for you to see it in North Carolina, is, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I know. I was, I was surprised too. Cause I was like, man, that guy must be from, you know, from being from Michigan, be a Tigers fan or something. Cause shoot like that. I mean, it's yeah. been a couple of years since your dad's been up in the big leagues, but, um, so last question when it comes to that, I know I want to dig into your career, but I just had a yeah. like I said, couple questions that started off, but what did that, you know, average, what did that, I guess, day-to-day -day look like when it came to, I guess, pregame, you're taking BP, your dad's throwing your BP in the outfield. You know, what did that look like in terms of when it did come game time? Like, are you switching off to your mom or how, what, what exactly does that look like, you know, before, like, you know, just going game to game? Yeah. So it would either be, I would, my mom would come up, come and get me and we'd go home and watch the game if I didn't want to stay or we'd go and watch the game. Um, and then I, and then after the game, I'd go back to the clubhouse with my dad and just kind of, it'd have to be a win though. Cause if it's a loss, those guys get a little, <laughs> get, yeah. they get a little upset. I'm sure. So if they want I'd go to the clubhouse and stuff and hang out for a little bit and then we all go home and uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and actually dig into, you know, your baseball career, you know, made pretty made a pretty big name for yourself so far going to Michigan. One of the, I, I, I'm probably the best team in the big 10 for the most part, you know, have a pretty historic program. Um, but let's kind of dig into travel baseball first. This is the Canes Midwest series. So we got to give them a little bit of love. Uh, so kind of take us yeah. through the travel baseball experience, you know, whether that was playing for the Canes Midwest for, you know, however long it has been, just kind of take us through your travel baseball career. Okay, so um, I started off playing local ball with Celine, um, the Celine Hornets. They're just a local team, and um, when I so I reclassed in eighth grade, so I did eighth grade twice. And um, my second year of eighth grade, I you know wanted to get on that national scale and wanted to you know test myself and see how good I really was. So I went out to Mooresville. I tried out for the um, Kane Midwest, the older team though. It was so last year seventeen. And the coach's name was Hani, um, Coach Honaker. And um, so I tried out, made that team. And I played with them for my very first year. And then I remember JT came and played with us because we needed a catcher. So he came and played. And, you know, I talked to um, him and Coach Tyner liked the way I played. So he offered me a spot on his team because I was eligible to play on the 2024. And um, so then that's kind of how everything started. Um, so then I – Next summer, next three summers, I played with them. So it's just been amazing. It's been awesome. Okay. So getting the chance to play for two separate Canes Midwest teams, playing under Coach yeah. Honker, playing under Coach Steiner. I know Coach Hunley isn't as involved in the 24 class because he's coaching the 25s every summer. But what are yeah. some of the relationships you've been able to build with the Canes Midwest coaches, whether that's Steiner, Honaker, Hunley, maybe some other assistants? What are those relationships looking like? 
Um, well, so with Honaker, he he kind of took me under his wing. He um he taught me a lot actually. Um, I was very grateful for that. And so I remember one day we went to the cages, and Riley Bertram actually came, and he's good friends with Honaker, and he's he played on Michigan. So that's kind of how like my whole obsession with like. Not, I mean, I've always been a huge Michigan fan, but after talking to Riley Bertram about Michigan, it's kind of just like sparked that like new fire in me to go there. Like I just wanted to go there even more now. So, um, so building relationships with Honaker, um, I got good connection with him. But my my relationship with Steiner, it's it's awesome. He's uh he's a he's a really good coach. I think he's been one of the best coach I've ever had in my life. Um, he uh the like. We joke around a lot, you know. He can be serious at some points for sure, but you know, that's just how he is, you know, that's just how he is. But you know, it's awesome. Yeah. So sticking on that topic of relationships, you know, you got Hogan Denny, you got JT Steiner, coach uh Coach Steiner's son, you know, playing for the 23s, playing for the 24s. What are some of those relationships you've been able to build on a on a teammate side of things when it comes to this Canes Midwest program? Yeah. Um, I built a you know, I'm a big I'm huge on like building relationships with teammates because I think you have to, you know be able to play loose to win ball, ball game. So um, with JT and Hogan and Noah Coy and all in Hunter Snow, all those guys, like um, they're pretty much my best friends at this point. Like I, every summer I'm always with them. I'm, you know, whether it's in the hotel room in Indy, like in Indy at their houses, sleeping over or whatever. But um, yeah, some I take um, serious and, you know, I like to hang out with those guys, even if, even when we're not on the baseball field. Yeah, so all those guys that you mentioned, you guys have one thing in common, power five commits. All the guys going to be going, playing at that next level, at the high level. So for you being around those guys so often and building such strong relationships, how do you maybe pick their brains? You know, obviously you guys all are great baseball players. How are you guys mm -hmm. maybe you know, asking each other questions when it comes to pregame routine, hitting approach, you know, different things in the field? You know, how are you picking the brains of some of your teammates? Um. Well, I pick the brain of Hogan all the time. I mean, he's – one of the best hitters in Indiana. So, you know, I always talk, always talk to him because, I mean, he just goes up there and he just, like, he just swings a bat and puts, and puts hard contact on it every time. So, you know, I like to get – I like to get his opinion. And I remember last year I actually talked to JT. I was like – because, like, I was going through a slump. I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, what's going on, JT? And he he gave me something. I forgot what it was, but he gave him something. The next day bat, I hit a triple off the wall. Like, so it was – it's just, like, all these, like – it's just, like, adva um, advantage to all these guys that – you know, I have them in my corner and they can always help me. So as you're playing for the Canes in the West, you know, traveling across the, the country, all these different places, you know, Atlanta, Jupiter, Hoover, all these different places. What are some of those memories you've been able to build playing for the Canes in the West program, whether that's on the field, whether that's off the field, just what are some of those memories? So I give you one of my favorite ones is um, we were down in Hoover. It was a bracket play game. I think it was our very first one or the second like game of bracket play. And, you know, Hoover, it just started pouring all out of nowhere, right? So we all got on the Kings Midwest bus, <laughs> and the driver took us to Zaxby's, and we all had dinner there. It was like two hours. We just sat there. And then the game got back on, so we all got back in the bus, and we hurried back to the field. And um, <laughs> I was with the bat. So then I, so I got a big base hit, and then – we ended up walking it off that thing. So that was definitely one of the best um, experience or memories I've had playing um, travel ball with the Canes. Yeah. So you know, like we talked about earlier, you guys are having a really successful summer, completely dominating these teams, going and becoming back-to-back -back NPI champions. I think you said you guys have won every tournament you guys have been in so far. So kind of take us through, give us the rundown on this up this past summer. So let's see. Last tournament we were in um, Grand Park, or no, sorry, um, Lake Point again, and uh, we won that. It wasn't. I would say it wasn't like the best competition, but like once we got to bracket play games, it was definitely more of a hard turn. We, I mean, we played the Texas Ranger Scout team. We were seeing ninety. Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 just are we just have a lot of will on our team. Like we just want we just fight. You know, like I remember this last this past round we were down five zero and. The, what I think fourth or fifth inning and we just came back and we walked it off. Um, like, so yeah, we, we just, when we're a good team, we just fight. And um, no matter like, like I said, like, even if we're down, like we always, we're, we always, we always find a way to, you know, battle it back or do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. So as this summer winds down, you know, what's the outlook on the rest of this summer? I believe you said you have what, two tournaments left. 
Yep, two tournaments left, one in Grand Park, then one in Arizona. Okay. Um, so let's make that transition from travel baseball to high school ball. Kind of take us through your high school career, you know, going from your freshman, sophomore, junior year there at Detroit Country Day. You know, just what's that experience been like for you so far? Yeah, so it's been awesome. I love I love my school. Um, let's see. So my freshman year, um, I had the opportunity to make varsity and start as a freshman, which was awesome. I mean, not a lot of freshmen do that. I mean, I remember like this year, no freshman made varsity, like none of them even none of them came up for playoffs either. So it was just a great opportunity to do that. Um, so luckily I played second base. We had a senior at shortstop. So, you know, seniority over freshmen, they get, you know, everything and stuff like that. So, so, but it was fine. I played second base. I had an awesome um, year there. Uh, and then sophomore year, I played, I got to play short because the senior, he, uh, he went off to college to play. Um, so I got to play short and that was awesome. I mean, my coaches, I love them. And then let's see, this year was definitely my best year I've had playing high school baseball. Um, I think I hit like 460, which was, which is really good and um, not a lot of errors. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, going through, looking back at these past three years playing in Michigan, how would you explain that Michigan baseball competition? You know, here for me, being from Indiana, I know that Indiana baseball competition pretty well. Yeah. I'm trying to expand yeah. more throughout the Midwest when it comes to Michigan, Illinois, whatever. Kind of, you know, give me that rundown. You know, what's what's that Michigan baseball competition looking like on that game-to-game -game basis? Yeah, um, it all depends on your coach and what teams he, like, schedules for you during your season. But, I mean, our coach, we don't like to play, like, crappy teams, and we like to play good teams to prepare us for the playoffs. So he'll, he'll always schedule, like, you know, like the Liggett, uh, um, the St. Mary's, uh, uh, Brother Rice, like all those top teams. I mean, I know St. Mary's and Brother Rice are both top 50 teams in the country. And, um, I mean, Brother Rice is just a powerhouse. They, pretty much all their guys are committed. Um, I remember, like, you know, like Blake Illich, he's a Duke commit, 2025. He pitches for them, throws, like, 93. So it all depends on what teams you play because, I mean, you could obviously go down and play, like, some, some of the – um, not as good teams and not face as good competition. But I mean, if you play the top teams there, like you're going to face, you're going to face, um, you're going to face good competition. Yeah. So, you know, as you're going throughout that spring and you're also playing for the Canes Midwest program, which is, you know, mainly Indiana guys, do you think, you know, more players throughout the state of Indiana or the state of Michigan? Definitely the state of Michigan, just because, you know, of my name and, you know, people just recognize me more in uh, Michigan. But, I mean, I've started to pick up on a lot more. I mean, just this past term, I was – I knew, like, three of the kids on this um, Cincy uh, Spikes or Flames or whatever. I mean, like, that's not normal to me. Like, I don't really – I mean, I'm a friendly guy. Like, I go around and talk to people when I'm on the base pass and stuff like that. But normally it's only when I'm in Michigan playing high school ball. But it's started to be more in Indiana too, so – yeah. So, you know, looking back at this past spring, obviously with you already being a two-year starter going to this year, you know, being a guy who's committed to play Big Ten baseball, were you looked at as maybe a leader in the Detroit Country Day locker room or were you maybe still, you know, since you aren't a senior yet, you know, maybe still on the back ropes? Yeah, so we do, we do, we vote for captains every year. So our team will vote for three captains and um, I was fortunate enough to be one of those captains and I'm just, you know, I'm happy that my teammates thought of me as a leader and um. So yeah, so then next year I should be a, I should be voted as captain. Not sure yet. It's not you know yeah. we got to vote, and I respect everybody's vote. Vote so they got to vote, and um. But I hope to be a, I hope to be a captain. I love leading my team, and you know want to win. So okay, okay. So you know, looking into your senior year, I'm sure you got what like a month maybe before your senior year actually gets started. So what are your expectations for this? Will be a two parter question. Expectations. Okay as a senior, just overall, and then your expectations for your senior spring as well on the baseball field. Okay. You say, like, senior, just you just mean, like, Yeah, just, like just overall, general, like, you know, what do you look at? Like, I'm sure classes might be a little bit easier being a senior. You know, oh, just, yeah. what what's that looking like for you? Yeah, so, I mean, for me being a senior, I get the – at our school, we, have, we get this thing – we get to do this thing called a senior project. And um, so that means we leave school about two – two and a half months early, which is nice. And you go intern basically for, like for a job. So I'm, I'm going to go intern or like take a job at um, my, the place that I work out at, it's called 2SP. And um, so I'm just going to go there and I'm going to lift every day, help people, you know, basically just intern there. So it's good. I, I can, I get to keep my like body weight up and 
get to keep my strength for the season because normally I lose a lot of weight and lose a lot of strength during the season because, you know, baseball. And and then for baseball, you know, I'm trying – I want to get – my my overall goal is to get um, get a player of the year for Michigan. Um, I was in the talking about it this year. So after hearing about that and the guys calling my coach at um, school, it's kind of something that I, you know – think is possible so I think I want to try to do that um other than that I don't think I really have any other goals other than to just you know play good and win for my team okay so with you interning at that performance center like is that what you're planning on doing if baseball let's say 15 years down the road baseball doesn't work out you know is that kind of what you're hoping on doing is working some sort of you know exercise science or performance center yeah definitely some 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 sort of like trainer some sort of something to help out you know kids get to their um get to their next get to the next level if they want to okay all right so i got one last question when it comes to high school baseball and it's gonna be somewhat similar to what i asked for travel baseball just looking back at these past three years what would be some of those favorite high school memories that come to mind again off the field on the field just what are some Mm -hmm. of those memories oh for high school there's so many because you just spend every single day with those guys especially like in school too um so every year we have this overnight um, practice. So we so we get the we get to the field at twelve, like in the afternoon, and we stay until twelve the next day. So at our school we have a huge like field house, right? So we all bring sleeping bags. We we practice for like eight hours or night. Yeah, like eight hours. We have dinner. We have lunch. We, you know, um, then we then, so like after we practice we'll shower and then we we'll play like spike ball or. And then we do our annual fungo golf. So we'll, so we'll each get teams. Everybody plays fungo golf. It's awesome. And then, um, yeah. And then you just put put up your sleeping bags. You sleep in there, and then you wake up, and then you have breakfast, and then you go home. So that's okay. definitely my favorite memory from high school. Okay. So you know, beyond playing there at country at so Detroit. So beyond playing there at Detroit Country Day, playing for the Canes Midwest. I know you also got that opportunity to play. I believe it was PDP. Um, kind of take us through what that experience was like. Just take us through the day to day and what that overall, you know, atmosphere was like at that event. Yeah, that was definitely something I'll remember for the rest of my life. I mean, it was the best competition in the entire country was there. Like, I remember I roomed with Derek Curiel and Connor Griffin, so I top two players in the class, and um, I learned a lot from that. I mean, I was just picking their brain the whole time, talking to them, and now I have friends for you know probably the rest of my life with those two. So. I mean, just being there and being in that being in that hotel room after hours of baseball, just that even taught me a lot. But on the field was even better because, you know, we woke up at like I think we let the buses left at eight. We went to the field. Then we had like a little um, so you took ground balls then you hit and then you would go back home, eat, eat lunch and then you play a game. And um, and then so, yeah, so I learned a lot from the coaches there. And then there was also a mental a mental guy. His name's um, Dr. Woods. He was there, and I actually am in contact with him now, and I work with him all the time. I work with him every Wednesday. So it's just like, um, I mean, I got everything from there, like learning how to do that, learning how to, you know, get your mind right when you're playing baseball. And people overlook that part of the game. Like, I mean, if your head's not right in the in the batter's box, then you're not going to perform well. So um, being able to get his contacts from the um, NTDP was amazing and just, you know, kind of shaped how I am a player, you know, now. Yeah. So, you know, being able to build that pretty strong relationship with Connor Griffin, Derek Curiel, um, you know, you also mentioned how, you know, you know, a lot of guys on, let's say it was the Cincinnati Spike, Cincinnati Flames, whatever. Um, For you, looking forward to these next couple of years, knowing so many guys across the country, what are you expecting for that first time you're facing somebody in college ball that, you know, used to be a teammate or, you know, maybe you're friends with, you know, what's that kind of looking like here these next couple of years? Um, I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, And, I mean, especially like Hogan, like when he goes to IU, that'll be a good, uh, great rivalry against him. Especially like another team that I have is Aiden Donovan. He's going to Michigan State. So, I mean, knowing all these guys and just playing against them is going to be really fun. It's going to like create a good rivalry between all of us. And, you know, I'm hoping I can just keep friends with all these guys and um, keep a connection with them throughout um, college and whatever happens after that. Okay, so you talk about Aiden Donovan. I know he's pitching there at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. You said that you guys play them. Have you had the chance to uh, face him yet, or are you guys just teammates there on the Canes Midwest? 
we're just teammates for now. I haven't faced him yet. He, um, the night we played him was senior night, and he was actually going to pitch against us if it wasn't senior night. So I was super bummed about that. I wanted to face him before I got to play with him at, on the Canes, but it just didn't happen. Okay, so let's say next spring you guys are facing St. Mary's. You're up to bat against them. What's that approach going into your A-B with a- against Aiden? Hmm, I have not thought about this yet. I actually – he pitched the other day, and I was, like, kind of going over in my head, like, just, you know, trying to map it out. Um, so he's got a good fastball, got good velo. So I'm probably – I'm sit, I'm going to sit fastball for, until I get two strikes. Then once I get two strikes, I think I'm just going to, you know, everything anywhere close, just going to try to put a bat on the ball, see if I can get it through the through a hole, see if I can get a base hit on it. But if he leaves me a fastball, then I'm going to try to crush it. So Okay, okay. So let's go ahead. Let's dig into the whole recruiting process. So going to Michigan, take right. us through that whole thing. When that recruiting process gets started for you, when did you start getting noticed by some of those Division One teams? Yeah. So I started working with – elite sports advising and they were my advisors um freshman year and so when I started with them they saw videos of me they actually went to my dad they were they were out of um they were scouting a kid at Michigan for um because he's with the the dude I was working with he was front office with the Brewers so they were at a Michigan with they were at Michigan scouting a kid there and he saw my dad and he saw he seen me play he wanted to um advise me so he went up to my dad and asked me you know, if he could, and my dad, you know, of course said, absolutely. So after that, we got in contact and he sent a bunch of schools out. I mean, he was sending like Tennessee, Ole Miss, all those schools that like big schools and to Lake Point. So they all went to Lake Point and um, Michigan was also there at Lake Point. And I had a really good game in front of all those guys. So I, my very first call with any college was Michigan. And they, I mean, they offered me right there. And um, so they gave me 24 hours to commit or, or to make a decision. So, and, you know, like I said earlier, Michigan was kind of like my school. And, you know, I think I'll play there. I think I'm going to, you know, shine out there and do good. So I made a decision with my um, advisor and he just, he thought it was a good idea. So I just, I committed right there. So my story is a little bit different than others. I mean, I only had one call with the college coach and then that's the call that I committed on to. So. Yeah, so I got a little bit of a different one. Yeah. Um. So with Michigan, <laughs> like you mentioned, Michigan being that dream school there for you. What you know? What's take t- take me? What's going through your mind? You know, as you're on that, you're picking up that phone call. You're like, shoot, like you know, Michigan's my dream school. You know, I'm sure what you were what probably 15, 16 years old at that point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're really young there, talking to your dream school. What's going through your mind? I I was like I was shaking. I was so nervous, but uh, <laughs> I mean he. I mean, Beck is just so nice. He's so cool. Like he's um, he's very supportive. Like he was just he was just you know trying to calm me down, just talk to me, like just like how we are, just like talking one on one. And it wasn't about like I didn't even, I didn't even know he was gonna offer me until like the very last part of the phone call. So it was so I just thought it was gonna be just a normal conversation with the college coach. So it wasn't as bad until you know he actually gave me the offer, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. I was so excited. So um, but yeah, I mean it was. It was it was it was good. It wasn't like it was, you know, I was like super nervous about it. But, you know, after he talked, after he like offered me, I kind of, you know, freaked out a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So gen- generally I ask players to maybe compare how coaches kind of go about a first phone call. But with you getting that first phone call with your dream school and committing, kind of take us mm-hmm. through like, what were some questions he was asking you? Maybe some questions you were asking him about the program. What did that initial phone call look like? Yeah, so I mean, basically, you just asked me. We were just talking about baseball. It was it was a great conversation, and then he asked. He just out of nowhere, he just asked me, um, "Why should I give you an offer?" And I kind of like he was like, "I'll give you a minute. You got, you can take like take a minute, meet yourself, think about it." So I took a minute. Um, I thought about it, and that was when I was kind of freaking out. So that was the first question he really asked me that like kind of you know stumbled me. But, I mean, I just told him that, you know, I was going to play my ass off. I was going to play. I was going to um, pick up my teammates. You know, I wanted to win. You know, I want to win a national championship while I'm there. And he he loved my he loved my um, answer. And he just and then he offered me after that. And that was kind of it. It was kind of – I think it was only like a 10-minute phone call. Okay. So, it wasn't long at all. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. He got straight to the point. He offered me. He said, take 24 hours. He said, I'm only going to give you 24 hours to commit or not because I know you – like. He thought he, th- he thought I had other calls lined up, so he wanted to make sure. I didn't know, he didn't know that I didn't. Um, so he just wanted to make sure. 
Um, so yeah, so then I hung up, talked to my advisor, talked to my parents, talked to my brother, you know, and they all thought it was a you know good idea, good offer. So they just like take it. So I did. I took it. Yeah. So for being from Detroit, which I know, like again, I'm from Indiana, so I've gone up there a couple times. Not very. Yeah. Not very familiar with it, but I know Detroit is somewhat close to Ann Arbor. You being a Wolverine fan as a kid, um, have you been to campus? And what are some things that have stood out for stood out to you? You know, since committing, what's that looking like in terms of you know how you like Ann Arbor, the program? What are some things that stand, stood out to you so far? Yes, like I mean, like you said, like I've grown up here my whole life, so I've had the opportunity to go to Ann Arbor like tons of times. I've go there just with my friends or just. You know, if there's something I need to do, like, I'll just go there sometimes. And um, so being on campus, it's, you know, kind of just, like, fell in love with it. And obviously Michigan being, the, I think, it's what, one or two public schools in the, in the um, world, like, that's huge for me. Like, especially my mom, she wants me to get a good education and stuff like that. So um, that's all settled there. And just, like, being on the – like, they just redid the turf on the field, so it's super nice. Um, they, you know – the field's super nice. They have um, good facilities. Like, I mean, they have a huge field house. Um, so, like, you know, the Michigan weather. So, if it snows or it's cold, you just go in there. We do practice and stuff like that, scrimmages and all that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, clubhouse is super nice. Like, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of. Okay. So, I know uh, your dad I know your dad's had the chance to become a assistant coach there for the Wolverines. You know, in terms of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Was that from when, you know, you committed to where you're at now? How long was he there at Michigan? What's that looking like? Yeah, so he was there the year I the year before I committed and then I think the year after, which I didn't personally like because I didn't want people to think, you know, he's just going there to get me a, a spot. So I didn't like it, but, I mean, it was awesome just being able to go there and build a connection with, the, I mean – with the um with the players because I would I would uh, go to games and then I would talk to them after so that was nice but um yeah but you know being with him being there you know I got to um become closer with like Jimmy Overtop who's yeah, I think he's going to Clemson now, different schools now but and I mean I I yeah I know that there there's a new coaching staff stuff like that um but. Yeah, I mean, it was just awesome. I got to, you know, be there more than I uh, would have if you didn't coach. And I got to basically experience what I was going to experience when I go to college. So I kind of have like a, um, you know, I kind of already know what's like what happens there. Yeah, I'm sure. So with you being an in-state kid, again, not not being too far away from Ann Arbor, I'm sure you know probably quite a few kids in your recruiting class, maybe some guys who are there now, maybe some guys in that 23 class heading there this, you know, in a month or so. What are some of those relationships you have with some of your future Wolverine teammates? Yeah, so I'm, I know in the 23 class, this kid named Jackson Mirror, I used to go to school with him. We used to be, like, best friends. So he'll be one of those that guys, when I get there, will be, well, I already have, like, a super good connection with. Um, this year in, in my class, I pretty I pretty much know all the guys, and I try to, like, stay connected with them just so that way, you know, when we get there, we're going to have a good bond and we can, you know, get along. Um like Reggie Sharp, I know him. He's one of my he's one of my good friends. I work out with him all the time. He he goes into SP with me, so like we're able to like stay stay close and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, but like I mean, I try to like text everybody all the time and just see how everybody's doing. See if you know, just try to stay close to everybody. So we're we'll be a good team when we get there. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I mean, I see that all the time. You know, it's it always it always makes for a better team when the guys come in with you know pretty good bonds, pretty good relationships. Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, I, I actually, I was on the show sure. with somebody earlier and um, I, I always, I always bring up Arkansas when I, when I, when I hear that, because Arkansas, I mean, all those guys are playing on the same travel team for the most part. They come and, it, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty visible when you see mm-hmm. Arkansas always making it to NCAA tournament, being a top seed and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always huge to build those relationships early before you even get to campus. But um, last, last baseball segment yeah. for you, more on, on the field play. You know, we've talked about, I guess, the quote unquote business side of baseball there for you with the recruiting process and, you know, how everything's gone down for you. But um, for the on the field play, I know you're a shortstop playing second base as well. Um, same position as Noah Coy. So what's that looking like in terms of, you know, for the Canes Midwest, but also for, you know, the rest of your career? Are you switching on and off between shortstop, second base, or, you know, what exactly is that plan as you get to the next level? Yeah. So, um, oh, for the next, so for, for the Canes, we do like, we do rotation. So it'll be like, 
I'll play second one game, then I'll play third, then I'll play short. So we kind of rotate every single game, you know, just get work on at all the positions and learn from, uh, learn from all of them for that next level. Um, and then for the next level, I'm hoping to play short. Um, and I mean, I'm not sure for Noah what he wants to do yet, but I know he wants to play short. So I know he wants to play second or third. I mean, I'm not too sure on what he wants to do, but I'm hoping he plays short because I think he's a great shortstop. So for you, with that goal of sticking at shortstop there at that next level, what are some things you see yourself having to do to you know make sure that you are sticking at shortstop? Um, obviously, you know you just gotta keep practicing it and keep um, learning from it. So I'm ho- so when I I'm hoping when I go to Michigan, you know, um, Greenspan is a great infield coach, so he's gonna teach me a lot and learn from a lot from him, and then hopefully that'll you know with him teaching me, you know, I can play short, stand out. Okay. So let's move ahead. Let's dig into the hitting side of things here real quick. Take us through that hitting approach. You know, what's going through your mind. You're walking up to that batter's box. Just take us through what that mindset is. Okay. So basically, like I told you earlier, I, I've worked with a mental coach for the um, past, I think almost a year now. So I've been, you know, building that approach and, you know, building that, um, uh, the mental game a lot. So, that's something I take very seriously because I think people don't, so I think most people don't take it seriously. And I think it's something that should be taken seriously. Um, so for me, you know, I'm trying to just put the ball bound the ball really hard contact, um, high exit below. Cause I mean, if you put the ball in play, you know, people are going to make mistakes every now and then. So put the ball in play, put it in the gaps. Um, so when I walk up, you know, I have my little routine that I like to do um, breathe in, you know, visualize what I'm going to do with that at bat, you know, what my approach is. If it's a guy who I know is on a lot of off speed, then I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit off speed for the first couple of pitches. But if I, it's a guy that's really has a good fastball and he can locate it really well and stuff like that, then I'm going to sit that and, you know, just sit well. I just basically sit on whatever he's going to throw a lot, whatever he's throwing a lot. And um, so I use that. And then basically I just go up there and my approach is that, you know, I, I, I have to be super aggressive because sometimes I get in the um, bad habit of, being too selective for pitches. Like I want to find my perfect pitch, but uh, I'm trying to get away from that and trying to just be aggressive and swing anything really near my zone. So, you know, just go up there, go up there swinging, go up there, try to hit the, put the um, bat on the ball, super hard, hard contact. Um, trying to think of anything else. It kind of, de- it kind of depends on the pitcher. So like, that's just my normal one. Like that's like normally what it is, but if it's a, if it's like, and it obviously depends on the situation. Like if there's bases loaded, you know, I'm going to try to get a base hit, score a couple of runs, put a ball in the gap, you know. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So you talk about that mental coach that you've had. Talk, having the chance to learn from him here these past couple of years, what are some of those biggest lessons you've learned from him just on the mental side of the game? Um, well, for me, like one of my things was like I let other people kind of like dictate how I thought, you know what I mean? So like, um, I kind of had to get away from that approach or not approach, but like kind of get away from that and just kind of focus on myself. So like one thing he had me do was write down all my strengths. And then each morning I have to remind myself of those strengths. And um, so that way, anytime anybody would like say something, it's always like, I know, like, I know me and I know what I can do. And I don't have to worry about those other people. And um, other thing was like my aggressiveness. Like I, so like I used to be way too like, um, selective like if it wasn't the perfect pitch I wouldn't swing at it and um, I, I would get caught up in stri- I'd get caught up striking out a lot during with that approach so he's helped me with that I mean um, basically like what he, one of the big things he's taught me is like it's called the big routine um, you put the breathe in um, imagery and then um, go to words so basically what you do is you like take a deep breath close your eyes and visualize what you're going to do that do that at bat um, you visualize like basically everything from the moment your hands separate from your body and then to you swinging, to you making the contact with the ball. And then, and then you're supposed to like even visualize yourself running around the bases. So that's something that's really helped me. And, um, you know, <clears throat> like I said, like with, with getting him, his contact from the NTDP, that was probably one of the most, well, that was probably the, one of the biggest things I got from that um, USA thing. Okay, so digging back into the hitting side of things, kind of take us through the mechanics. So from that load up to that follow through, kind of take us through those mechanics and how maybe they've evolved here these past couple of years as you've gotten closer and closer, you know, to making it to that next level. So my swing is always, you know, 
it's always different. There's always something that I'm trying to improve on. Um, so as of right now, I'm no stride because I talked to Steiner and he, we, we, uh, you know, we kind of talked through it that, so I used to this past year. Yeah. I think I was like big leg kick. My timing was off. So we, and so I had, I had a triple with no stride. So I just, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do no stride from now on. So feet are kind of spread out. I get, I'm, I'm in my legs. As soon as the pitcher, like, you know, releases the ball, I'm kind of, I'm dipping in my legs, loading my hands back. And then, um, you know, for, for me, one big thing that I used to do was my elbow would always like kind of go like that. So now I'm trying to like pull it through the zone. And that's something that's really helped me and something that's got, gained me a lot more power. And um, that's something me and my dad always work on and, you know, um, do a bunch of drills for that and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are just the three main things I try to focus on. And in the cage, I definitely not when I'm in the box, you know, when I'm in the box, I'm just trying to hit the ball. So yeah. but when I'm in the cage, you know, those are some of the things that I work on. Okay, so are you a big two-strike approach guy, or for the most part, you kind of, you know, keep it the same no matter what that count is? Yeah, so I'm a big two-strike two-strike approach guy. I mean, I'm trying to – I hate striking out. It's, like, the worst thing that I can do. So I should always just try to at least put the ball in play and just make – give somebody the opportunity to make make a mistake. So I just try to put the bat on the ball. I spread my legs out. Um, and I don't know – what it is but I kind of point my toe forward just because like open my hips up so I have like you know um less time to you know coil up and do all that stuff so I open my toe up open my hips up and I kind of just am short I don't even lower my hands I just like him here and I just straight to the ball so that's something that's really worked for me because it's just short and easy and quick and I can just any pitch if it's like a, if it's a even if it's like a high 90 fastball like it doesn't matter I can just get my hands to and just put the ball somewhere in the field and hope that somebody makes a mistake on it all right, so you know, as I was doing a little bit of research on you talking, I want I want to bring up your dad one more time. That's it. Then we'll yeah. be done. Um, so right. as I was doing a little bit of research, I saw that your dad was a pretty big technology guy, and that was back in the I mean, two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, all those different years. So you know, baseball technology has definitely evolved here. You know, since that time. So would you consider yourself more of an old school guy, or would you consider yourself more of a new school guy when it comes to technology side of the game? I would, I would say I'm kind of like both, you know, like I'm, I'm against some of the stuff, but I'm also with some of the stuff. Like, um, I mean, I know this year I'm going, I'm going to go to driveline down in Seattle and they're going to do a bunch of tests on me and just see how I can improve my swing. So that's definitely something I'm, I'm big on, like, um, you know, the new technology, like that stuff. Um, I know like the hit tracks, the track, man, I'm big on those things. Like I, I'll, I always help on the hit, uh, hit tracks. I just see my exit below just cause like, I mean, if you're putting high exit below on the ball, like, you know, you're going to – good things are going to come with high exit velos. Uh, I try to stay away from launch angle. I don't really agree with that stuff. So, I don't try to – I don't focus on that. Um, but other than that, it's just, you know, track mans and the Rapsodo hit tracks. I, I use all of that stuff to um, – especially, like, for, like, pitchers. Like, their spin rate, I like to see that because if it's a dude who's on a fastball with a high spin rate, like, his fastball is going to stay. Like, it's, gonna, it's not going to drop. It's going to, like, stay straight. So, you kind of have to – adjust your swing to that so I, th I think it's I think all that's good stuff yeah so that, that was somewhat similar to I can't remember the exact quote but it was talking about your dad it was like a 2012 2013 article or something it was talking about how your dad was like a traditional baseball player who is open to learning the new technology of the game um so I, yeah. I wanted to make sure I brought that up so you know where your mindset was on you know technology in the game of baseball but um so a couple more questions when it comes to your on the field play um let's say you are a scout watching your game so this can be when you're playing shortstop playing second when you're hitting maybe even building relationships with your teammates what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself hmm let's see um I would say you know I'm a good I'm a I'm a big teammate guy I like to you know bond with all my teammates make sure nobody's left out if somebody's down you know like strikes out you know I always go pick them up um I also rely on my teammates a lot. You know, I like to, um, like, I like to, if somebody's hasn't at bat, like I'll I ask them like what he thought about the pitcher, how his curveball was, like his fastball had um, run on it or tail, whatever. Um, I would also say I, you know, I play hard. I don't, you know, ever ease up on every play I'm going, I'm giving my hundred percent. Um, let's see. I would say that I'm starting to be more aggressive in the box. You know, I'm taking hacks, taking, you know, just trying to swing the bat hard, hit the ball far. 
Um, infield, I would say, is definitely one of my better qualities of during in baseball. Like I would say, I'm, my hands are really good. Um, I have a really good arm, but I mean, other than that, I don't really got much. Okay, so when it when it comes to development, what are some of those things that you're wanting to really put a focus mm-hmm. on before you get to that next level there in Ann Arbor? Um, just some of those key points of emphasis within your development. Yeah, um, hitting for sure. Hitting's definitely my infield's never really been a problem. I've always been like not trying to sound like, but like I've always been like good at that. So, um, but hitting is definitely something I need to work on. I mean. I'm not saying like a bad hitter, but I'm de- I definitely can improve on that area a lot more. And especially for the next level, if I want to make it to the next level, like um, pro ball or something like that, or even in college, like I definitely need to work on that and uh, focus on, you know, just putting the bat on the ball, swinging hard and just hitting the ball harder, you know? Okay. So I got one last segment here for you. Like I said, before we started recording, always like to dig into the personal side of things to end it off. That oh. way it's not all baseball. Um, First question here. Passions beyond the game of baseball, so maybe some hobbies. Let's say you got to take your mind off of something. Maybe you're going through a slump or, you know, whatever it happens to be on the, in the game of baseball. What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies you have beyond the field? I'm, I'm, I'm actually a big golf guy. So, like, we actually have a golf simulator in, um, in our house right now. So, I'll always, you know, if I'm ever just, you know, bored and want to do something, I'll just go hit golf balls or um, just go to the driving range, go to the course, you know, just hit golf balls. It, you know, helps me especially with different sports, you know, like it helps me get away from just like only playing baseball, only hitting the ball. So it's definitely good to go out and do something else. Um, other like a different sport, you know? Okay. So for mm-hmm. you being a guy who golfs too, do you think your golf swing messed up your baseball swing? I know that was something I was always told. Is that, is that a myth? You know, you, t- you t- give me your expert opinion. I think it's a myth. I think it's completely, I mean, it's not, it's similar, but like if, if your golf swing is messing up your baseball swing, then it's kind of like, you know, it's it's a huge slip. problem. It's not. It's yeah. nothing to do with golf. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, because I remember when I was in high school, like my, I was always told no, no golfing, no golfing. So I was like, shoot, like I didn't start golfing until just a couple years ago because it's like shit, like I can't yeah. mess up, I can't mess up my baseball swing. Uh, oh, but yeah. um, digging into the motivation side of things, um, we talked about pride earlier when it came to your dad to take uh when it came to your dad, you know, wearing the ends jersey stuff like that. But on the, when it comes to motivation, what is it that helps you? kind of get out of bed every morning helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person, you know, what are some of those motivations? Um, My, my biggest motivation is really just trying to make a name for myself. You know, I mean, I, obviously, you know, I love, I love my dad. I love what he did, but I think that some, you know, sometimes it kind of like all the stuff gets put on him and like, Oh, like he got whatever for you. And it's kind of, that kind of like just makes me feel like, you know, like, so I'm just trying to put, make a name for myself and um, kind of just do what's um, right for me. Um, obviously, he can he helps me all the time and everything that I do. So that's so I take a lot of um, so I'm I'm thankful for that. But you know, just my biggest motivation is definitely just you know trying to make a name for myself and trying to um, do things for myself. You know. Okay, so let's take that question a little bit further. Let's say you make a name for yourself, and whatever happens to be twenty years down the road, everything's going right for you. What is yeah. that perfect picture of your life looking like? Um, gosh, I haven't thought about this. I would say definitely in the definitely in the in the bigs, you know, definitely in the big leagues. Um, you know, family by my side, you know. Um, I I would love to play with my brother Chase in the bigs. That would be awesome. I I would love to have that opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean. Okay. And, and obviously, I mean, that's with the, the caliber of ball players that I'm talking to, like yourself, you know, that's, you know, always a realistic option and always something that people like to bring up is, you know, making the big leagues, having a family. So always great to hear um, all those different types of, you know, perfect, perfect lives. But got four, got four more questions here for you. I'm going to ask them in sets of two. So on mm-hmm. this entire week, the first like probably seven guys in this Canes Midwest series are going to be asked these two new questions, just added them. So first one, coolest contact in your phone? You know, you're scrolling through, who's that coolest contact? And then TikTok mm-hmm. for you page. I saw Theo Vaughn asked this to somebody the other day. I was like, all right, I have to add this in here because, you know, it is a yeah. pretty interesting question. So you're going on, you know, what you're seeing on your TikTok for you page. Uh, biggest contact, I'm going to have to say either Miguel Cabrera or Verlander. 
I mean, those are two huge ones that I have. Um, and then TikTok for you page. Personally, I'm more of an Instagram Reels type of guy. So, but my for you page um, on TikTok is all baseball. I mean, it's literally just baseball. Occasionally some golf, you know, maybe some Call of Duty. Man will be the show here and there, but it's mostly just baseball and um, perfect game and you know MLB highlights, all that stuff. So that's pretty much just all that is. Yeah, you can you can definitely tell you know what what people are interested in by just looking at their Instagram Reels or their their TikTok oh, page. But for sure, yeah. Um, final two questions here for you. Go to playlist. Let's say I usually I bring up the, the the topic of you know making the drive from home to your college, but Ann Arbor's not too far away from you. Let's say you're making the drive to Grand Park. You know, let's get you guys got a tournament. What's that go to playlist? You know, what genre, singer, maybe a go to podcast that you have. You know, what are you throwing on the radio? And then last question, dream NIL brand. You get to Ann Arbor, get the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, partner with, whatever it happens to be, what would be that dream brand? Okay, okay. Um, so for me, I'm actually not a big music guy. I don't I mean, but if I was to listen to any music, I mean it would have to be like Katy Perry. You know, I'm a big, you know, firework guy. So um have to be that. Um, let's see. And then NIL, I want a good one. Um I have to go Chick-fil-A. You know, okay. I love me some chick. You know, so if I had the opportunity to be um, a deal with Chick Fil A, that'd be, that'd be you know, be dream come true. Yeah, I'm sure. The, I mean, free food. I mean, who who doesn't want free food? Especially, I mean, Chick Fil A so so darn good. Um, but so, you say not not a music guy. So you podcast or you 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 like driving in silence or you know what what exactly is that going on there? I'll put on some. I'm I like country, so like I'll put on some country and just like kind of just sit there and I I like to think about like you know my my approach stuff like that before games like but i mean if i'm just driving like my friends and stuff like that you know they always get the ox but you know but i mean hey katie perry you can never go wrong with her no you can't and actually i think that's when i drive because i i had to work here in about 20 minutes i think that's probably the song i'm gonna flip on first because i haven't i haven't heard that one in a while so i'm like shoot you know it's not stuck in my mind but um no man that's the final question here in the jk podcast really appreciate you coming on the show I uh, do want to wish you the best of luck as you go through the rest of this summer, go through your senior spring, get to Ann Arbor, you know, wish you the best of luck and winning a big 10 championship, unless maybe you're facing the Hoosiers and I go to IU. So, you know, I'll, I'll have to see about that, but uh, best of luck the rest of your career, man. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me.